Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics' dedicated Blue Jackets podcast playoff edition. But for how much longer? The Blue Jackets tonight host the Boston Bruins in Game 6, needing to fight off elimination to get back to Game 7 in Boston. John Tortorella says they will. Uh, Big night tonight in the Nationwide Arena. I think it's going to be interesting to see what the crowd feels like. Is it that that uh, there's going to be some apprehension there because uh, it can all end tonight, which is a, a kind of a tough thing, thing to confront after the series that this team has put together the postseason. Uh, did some numbers today. The Blue Jackets are now 0-4 in Game 5. They, of course, lost Game 5 Saturday in Boston. They are 0-2 historically in Game 6s. This will be the third Game 6 they've played. And when they have a chance to be eliminated, the Blue Jackets are one and four. Uh, so a chance to change those numbers tonight. Uh, and some news out there at the rink. Uh, Allison, Tom, you were there this morning. It looks like Gavrikov, who played pretty well in his NHL debut on Saturday, is going to stay in the lineup. Not a surprise there. Adam Clendenning, who played just three minutes on Saturday, Appears to be out of the lineup. Not a surprise there either. Uh, a surprise at the forward position where Hannah Kynan's drawing into the lineup. And it looks like Winberg is out. Winberg, four games, no shots on goal. Uh, Allison, you talked to Hannah Kynan. This young man hasn't played since near the end of the season. What is his mood there like? And, and could he confirm that he's in? Or is it just sort of the the hint, hint? Um, I, nothing yet, guys, because I think Tortorella wants these guys to keep it under wraps. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, yeah, we, uh, I flat out asked uh, Hannah Kynan if he was in, and he said, we'll see, um, but with a smile. So um, as we know, no one in that room is going to give away much in terms of anything related to game plan right now. So we'll technically have to wait, but I, it looks like he's in, and um, he's really, really on a high right now. I mean, obviously he's excited. He wants to contribute um, these guys have been around the team while they're not skating with them. They, they're in all the meetings. They're, they're in for the game planning discussions. They're still getting pointers and feedback from coaches. So I, I think that uh, my guess is he'll slot in that fourth line with Brandon Dubinsky and Boone Jenner. 
And, and to me, that makes sense. I think that, you know, I mean, this is a guy who brings that energy, who brings a little bit of that bump and grind too, and, and, and might have, you know, a little bit of an offensive upside to him as well. I think it's a, it makes sense. It's a, it's a good decision and um, we'll give a different look to this lineup tonight, maybe provide balance back to the other three lines that Riley Nash's absence had kind of tampered with. And, and just another thought on the forwards, Allison, was there any hint today at lines? Cause at the end of Saturday's game, he had Jenner up with, I believe Felino and Atkinson. Right. Did they get full lines this morning? Any hint of that? Um, not that I saw. Tom, did you see? I didn't. See, you no, were out there earlier. Uh, there was, yeah, there were some people that were trying to put together lines, uh, uh, but I did not trust them. Not the people. Right. The, right. People, <laughs> the, li- <laughs> the lines. <laughs> yeah. Nothing against anyone who was putting. They just seemed to be kind of bouncing all over the place. So if there were. Uh, uh, I think they did a good job of then just kind of coming back with some other uh, other guys forwards. I did not see that. Let's put well, it that he, way. Uh, Tortorella talked in his brief press conference after Game Five that he we found some lines that can create some offense. I'd be surprised if he went in a different direction, at least at the start. But obviously, you can't wait long. Tom Gavrikov threw in Saturday. I thought he looked pretty damn good. Considering the first ever NHL game, and it happens in the playoffs, it happens on the road, it happens. Pretty deep in his series. Um, you spoke to the young man today. It looks like he's going to stay in the lineup. Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, you know, the, the knock on him is he's not been very good at defending four-on-ones, and we saw that the other night as well. Uh, he, I asked him about what it was like in your first game to have to deal with a four-on-one. He goes, oh, I don't even want to think about it anymore. It's just I, I just try to forget it. I thought he played really well. I yeah. thought the thing that was impressive to me – was how quickly he closed on players. Yes. Again, he's he's just getting uh, he is getting to uh, adjusted to a new rink, the new the, the new uh, the, the the rink size and everything, which he thinks plays to his favor because of the the game that he plays kind of plays that heavy type of game. He likes the fact that guys don't have anywhere to go. Come to me, and I thought he played I thought he played really well for a first for a very first game. So he stays in, uh, Clendenning out. I wonder where they put Gavrikov. He played a lot with Savard. Yeah. Um, and and it, it, that's it, it, yeah. It was, they they that's what he today again. I wouldn't trust any anything necessarily, but he looked like in the in the kind of a, the line rushes that I was looking. Those two seemed to, to be together a lot. Right. Interesting. So the Blue Jackets. Um, Obviously, this is a, a huge game for them. Do you, do you guys put much? I mean, I know a coach has to come up with something, but those the last ten minutes of that third period in Boston, they seemed to be pressing. They seemed to be creative. They seemed to be more uh, driven, if only by desperation, and they got some reward for it. Uh, a fluky goal to start for sure from Jones. Beautiful goal from Ryan DeSingle, who'd been quiet up to that point in the playoffs. And uh, Dean Kukan with a really, that was Dean Kukan's shot. A beautiful shot. Um, it still is not the star players other than Jones talking about the star forwards generating offense. But do you guys take any bit of confidence from that flurry of goals? John Tortorella today with the great line that they he felt like they dented to Rask. Do you take anything 
from that that carries over into game six, just in terms of confidence uh, from their slumping forwards that they can create. Allison? You know, I do. And it, it's it's funny. I saw some, some folks on Twitter kind of hemming and hawing about that comment. But this is literally a page out of the Bruins playbook, right? Was that yeah. they said it was... It was the fact that they were able to get, they were going to crack Bobrovsky, I think was the phrase. And that once they did, their game kind of exploded. And I think that it does matter. It matters to offensive guys to see results. That's why they put pucks in the net in practice, right? So um, I think to see that it is possible to get things past that goaltender who's been playing so, so well um, is very important. And it will be up to the players to carry that confidence into game six. Tom, we've seen this before. Seth Jones sends a weird puck in. Uh, not really, I don't think he's expecting in any way to score. And it goes off the, the shaft of Gerselchik. Did I say that correctly? And it beats Tuka Rast to the near post. Sometimes even a goal like that, that really has nothing to do with the goaltender. That's not the goaltender's fault at all can start things. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the, the other goals were, were like you said, were really nice goals. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it'll be, it'll be, I'll be interested to see how the blue jacks respond to this. I think the biggest thing, and I'm not a big, never a big guy. Like, Oh, you got to score first in the game. I think the blue jackets need a lead, but when's yeah. the last time they led at the end of game three, They've been behind the whole the last two games, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they need to get they need a good start tonight. They need to get a get that crowd going and get them behind them like they've been for all the other games. But I mean, let's be honest. I mean, that was really poor first fifty minutes of hockey from the Blue Jackets. I thought that was the worst game they've played. It's weird. They lost four to one on game four, and I thought they played pretty well. Uh, they lost four to three the other night, and I did not think they played well until the final ten minutes, in where the game just got stretched, and all of a sudden there were just chances at both ends. Uh, but I agree, yeah. I just a couple just seeing the puck go in the net against that guy uh, will give them a little bit of confidence. But I do think that they need to get off to a good start tonight because I don't think that this is not the way Boston's playing. It is again. They've got all their guys to their games now, right? Marshawn has scored. Uh, Pasternak has three goals in the last two games. Bergeron's playing well. Rask has been excellent. They have their guys, and they've been in this situation before uh, many times with that group to close out teams. So I think the Blue Jackets really need a big start tonight. And you know the Bruins would like to wrap this thing up right now and get a little bit of a breather before – Round three, which they did not have between one and two. So I would suspect they're going to be incredibly motivated tonight to avoid any any thought of a game seven. Uh, getting back to a little bit that we just touched on, and I wrote about this yesterday. I, I, I got the feeling as this, as this series moved along, both teams were saying how difficult it was to score five on five. I felt like the Bruins took that and said, well, let's, that's our challenge is to change that. Uh, and and you mentioned it. You've seen how those guys have sort of blossomed now. Uh, certainly, they they, did, they started scoring with the, the power play, uh, two of those in game four, I believe it was. Um, but I, I felt like Columbus almost seemed resigned to it, like it took their star players off the hook a little bit that, well, you can't get anything done at five on five. 
I really didn't like their push in the last four or five games, four and five. It felt to me like like they just accepted the fact that there wasn't going to be much five on five and stopped trying to push through that. Did you guys see any of that? Because look, Cam Atkinson has been really quiet. Pierre Luc Dubois really quiet. Panarin's been pretty good, certainly offensively, not so great defensively. A couple of things we can talk about that next. Um, but there's a lot of guys. Felino hasn't scored since game one of the first round. A lot of these guys that they've counted on for either offense or secondary offense that just haven't done much at all five on five. And at some point you tip your cap to the opposing team and the opposing goalie. But another point you say, well, that's got to change or this series is not going to be a series much longer. Allison. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, you saw it, you felt it particularly in that first period of, of game five where the jackets just didn't seem to get anything going. And, I put up a a tweet after the first period that showed that even though the shot count was pretty close, the shot attempt count was pretty close, if the Jackets got into the zone before they took a shot, that was about it. I mean, there was nothing in terms of getting deep. I mean, there was nothing. There was literally nothing of any shot quality whatsoever. Um, And when they dumped it, there was no retrieval. There was just a, hey, let's dump it and get ready for the next Bruins push. So... um, yeah, I don't. I don't know what was going on there. It started to get going better as as far as the individual players. I did look at Cam's numbers. He's still more or less doing the individual things that he was doing in the regular season. This might be one of the the downs in his shooting percentage that that happens to him. Um, I don't know about the other guys. I haven't done their comparisons, but yeah, they've they've got to get going. I and mean, PL Dubois has just had he's had a really rough series. I think for sure. Yeah. I mean, Atkinson, I think, is 0 for 21 shooting. Yeah. Boone Jenner's 1 for 25 shooting. Again, some of that you go, hey, Tuka Rask, pretty good goalie. But the shots are coming from, from way downtown. Yeah. Um, Tom, what do you see with this team's offensive struggles? What, what do you make of it? Yeah, and, and let's go back with Dubois. I mean, Dubois, toward the end of the season, uh, you remember hearing John Tortorella not real happy with the way he kind of finished the season. So this with him, it's, it's, it's been a while. I mean, I know he had a couple of goals in there toward the end, I think, but I don't think that they've really been like really happy with his play since maybe back in, I don't know, you know, early March, late February. Cause you could, you, you remember when they traded for, for Duchesne, that was one of the things they were saying that they thought that he, that PL was fighting a little bit. So, for him, it's been a while. For Atkinson, yeah, they, you know, they got to get him going. Uh, again, it's the Boston has their big big guns going now. The Blue Jacks have to find a way uh, to get their their guys going. Uh, and yeah, it's great when Ryan Dezingle scores a goal and and uh, uh, Kukin scores, but you you need your your best players to contribute. And I I, I will say this: I, on the winning goal, I mean. It, I thought I really thought that that was a hell of a play uh, by Brandon Carlo because I thought for sure Panarin was going to make his his like trademark move coming from the boards to the center and was going to get a good, get off a good shot and for them to turn that around was pretty impressive. Uh, that was a, obviously the play of the game. Yeah, and let, let's talk about that because he Panarin has taken some heat for that and rightly so. I got to look. I don't know how long he was out on the ice before, um, b- before that play. He does. He has been known to stay out there a long time, but he tried to beat three 
Bruins at the blue line. The time you mentioned the play that Carlo made, um, stripping the puck from from Panarin, and Panarin was not really at top speed getting back on that, and it results in Pasternak being wide open and sliding the puck past Bobrovsky off the rush. That's a devastating goal. I almost felt like the Blue Jackets were just hyper, hyper crazed about scoring that fourth goal after they'd made such a push to that point instead of just realizing the situation saying, you know what, overtime right now is totally fine. Get the puck deep. Let's live to fight another day. Uh, does Panarin, Panarin deserve grief on on that goal? I, he was trying to do, trying to create something, but I, I, I do think he has an obligation after it goes awry to at least bust ass trying to get back, and I didn't see that. Allison? Yeah, and I just pulled up uh, he, that shift – was only 49 seconds. <laughs> yeah. um, now, the flip of that is he was taking a lot of shifts pretty rapidly. While that shift was only 49 seconds, he he only had 40 seconds before his prior shift ended when he was back out on the ice like that. So he was turning around pretty quickly there. Um, but yes, I think that he did have a responsibility to either A, put more on that puck to get it going the right way or to, to cover up and back check. Yeah. I mean, is this, Tom, is this just the, uh, the yin and the yang with uh, an elite score? Because that guy's, I think he and Duchesne are about the only two forwards on this team that can create something and finish it by themselves. I think everybody else needs help. Yeah. No, that's very fair. And, and yeah, I, I don't, I, I agree with you guys on the point of maybe not getting back. I don't have a problem with the play. I mean, this is what he does. This is, this is what makes him an elite player because he does play with risk and you can't, I, I, I fully appreciate your, your time and score comment and sound like, sound like hitch, you know, last couple of minutes of a game, yeah. but he's, he wants to win the game. He's, he's, his thought is I'm good enough. I can, if I can get across laterally here there, we're going to stretch these guys defensively. If and I don't score, someone maybe gets the rebound and right. he just, and Carlo made a great play. Uh, I don't have a problem with what he did. Uh, not getting back part of it, yeah. yeah You've got to try to get back into the play. But it did turn around. That was a pretty quick turnaround on the play where you, that's, you know, we always talk about that area. That's the danger area when you, when you turn a puck over right inside your blue line because your guys are roaring down there. And again, they, they're thinking, Panarin's, we, who, who would you want the puck on? Who's, right. that's, who the, that's who you want having the puck in that situation. Yeah, for me. Well, there's a story on the side. I sent out a tweet to it earlier from Jordan Samuels Thomas of the Athletic, just sort of breaking down Panarin's game five. I thought it was pretty interesting. There's lots of video there to accompany the words. Um, so give that a a uh, look. What are your thoughts here, guys? Is this head, this thing heading back to to Boston? Is Tortorella onto something here, Allison? <laughs> um. You know, you know, it's the only reason I, I hesitate is that I really expected more of a push from the Jackets to start that game five, and, and we didn't see it. Um, right. But the, but we're in that standard territory of if, if there's any other time for a team to, to do their absolute very best, this is it. Um, and yeah. I think that if the Jackets can commit to that and execute to that, yeah, I think there's a game seven. Okay. The only time these jackets have staved off elimination, staved, I said, was when they fell behind uh, down three nothing to Pittsburgh, I believe, in seventeen, sixteen, seventeen. 
Yes. Uh, they won game four to get it back to Pittsburgh and then lost game five. Uh, Tom, do they have that in them tonight? Do you foresee a game seven? Um, yeah, possibly. I think they need a quick – again, um, they need a big start. They, I don't yeah. see them playing from behind and coming back and winning a game. I think once Boston gets a lead on them tonight, if that, would, if that were to be a case, I just think it would be just the way the momentum is going and the way that the, the Bruins are playing. Uh, I just think that it would be hard. I think the, the, the Blue Jackets either need to come out of the first period tied or with a lead. Um, what did you guys make of John Tortorella's comments after game five that this series was definitely coming back to, to Boston? I mean, maybe, I, and I have to couch this. Maybe it's just because I've been, I'm old. <laughs> maybe it's because I've heard enough guarantees. Where when I was younger, I used to get all fired up by, "Ooh, this guy said this. He's gonna eat his words, or he's gonna be right." And I, I didn't. That didn't. That barely even registered with me. Perhaps because he said said it the same last year. Um, this is a coach trying to. I don't know if it's motivate his team or deflect criticism from his team or take some of the the um, next day's coverage away from people writing about how how poor some of their forwards have played or at least produced. What do you guys make of this? Did it did it do much for you at all, Allison? You want that one first? I mean, I, I'm definitely in the camp of of what Yarmo Kekalainen said yesterday on a conference call, which is, what else is he supposed to say? Right. I mean, <laughs> I, I like it. It doesn't it's not, you know, I, I have no strong reaction to it either way. I think it's it's what you say. I think that um, it it's what you say if your players are paying attention to what you're saying um, in your postgame comments. And, and I do agree with you. Um, I was talking to some of the national guys about this at, at practice today. No one's no the national story. The big storyline isn't what isn't Panarin turning the puck over. It isn't you know, the X's and O's or who's in and who's out. It's what John Tortorella said, which yeah. is, and, and we hear this all the time, is that this is a guy who does what he can to protect his players. And, and I think that definitely comes into play here for sure with that comment. I think it's different, though. If, if somebody says, uh, uh, Coach Tortorella, question over here on the right, do you think this is going to go back to game seven? And he says, yes, it will. Well, of course, that's what he's going to say and what he should say. It is different, though, for a coach to throw it out there and say, we're definitely coming back to game seven. When the, Nobody ever said, did you think you can win game six? He wanted that out there. So, it, I mean, to Yarmo's point, what's he supposed to say? Well, if he's asked a question, of course, that's what he's supposed to say. But most coaches don't. I don't know if Bruce Cassidy, should they, would they have, if they had lost game five, I don't think he drops what he thinks of as a – as a gavel like that at the post game and says, we're coming back to, to Boston. Well, but uh, it's o a little bit. Different. But Ove I mean, look at Ovechkin did this last, we keep talking about last year. Ovechkin yeah. did this. And I was not there when the quote came out, but it seemed that it was unprompted that Ovechkin said, we're coming back to DC tied. Right. Sure. After going, Absolutely. so it was um, deemed bold proclamation. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, again, I don't, I don't have a problem with it, and I do. I think, particularly, you put it out there, and now, this is what everyone's talking about. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom, holy smokes, can you believe Tort said that? Or yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it doesn't do anything for me. It's just right. yeah, the whole sports world; everyone guarantees everything anymore. Uh, so no, it didn't do much for me. Uh, 
Yeah, but I do think he's, it was more of a deflection, certainly, to just like, okay, maybe people will talk about this instead of how poorly we played for 50 minutes of this game. So, yeah, but but the actual – yeah, just, those things just are hollow now for, my, for, yeah. for, for me. Whatever happened to mayors of city betting shit on games like this? Like, <laughs> why doesn't Ginther have like a six-pack of Hilltop ready and whoever the mayor of Boston is have a – Six of Sam Adams or something, ready to go back and forth. Remember when every city used to do that? Yeah, that's gone away. I miss that. That was fun. Yes. Okay. Anything else, Tom? You want to weigh in on that one? I don't think the is Hilltop still being made. Didn't Four String go out of business? <laughs> well, no, they kept the brand alive. That's what okay. boy Dan Cocker. Come on. Well, that's good. I'm I'm glad because I I did like Hilltop beer. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, wonder, I wonder too. Like, did was it? I mean, I, I think that we would have all agreed going into the playoffs that had had Columbus tried to do that with Tampa, it would have been mocked widely to have such hubris. But uh, like when when mayors and such do that, does it start at the beginning of the playoffs, or is there like a certain round when it traditionally would would get into that? Or yeah, I guess maybe it's just the, for the final. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. All right, anything else we need to get to, guys? Game six tonight in H one Arena, Blue Jackets. Bruins, anything to add, Allison? Nothing from me. Tom Reed? Nope. All right. Best in the business for a reason. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for reading. And we will uh, be out there at the arena tonight. So uh, thanks for being part of this. Talk to you soon. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.